Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest, and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it? It's me, Egbert, once again. I'm the new owner of this station. I went out and hired the best talk radio consultant, Jeff Allen from News Talk STL, and told him to hire the worst talent he could find. Jeff did exactly as I told him. Ladies and gentlemen, here are Brad and John. It is bjshow.co. That's who we are, bjshow.co. You know the reason I do that, John? Why's that? Start over again. Why's that? Because that way I can have a clean take for the uh, podcast, so I don't have to show everybody that I've screwed up the show so much this morning. Well, you haven't screwed up. You know what? As the Bengals said, Brad, it's just another manic Monday. And I would have... My girl, Susanna Hoff, sing that for us, but she's still sleeping, and I'm trying to keep my voice down. Do you know that? She's in the other room, right? Is that what? <laughs> she's, yeah. I mean, she's a stone's throw away. <laughs> I love me some Susanna Hoff. Do so you remember when she did the walk like, Egyptian, walk like an Egyptian video? Oh, yeah. And she did that thing with her eyes. You yeah, remember that? Yeah, yeah. I'm always amazed that people could do that thing with their neck when they do the Egyptian thing. You know what I mean? Like they do like the left-right kind of neck thing, you know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, yeah. 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 I, like I, it's not very ergonomically correct, is it? Right. I could never do that. Okay. Here we're talking about walking like an Egyptian. Um, review of Mary Elizabeth Coleman. Okay. We just did that at the last break. Uh, yeah. We had an interview. Any other thing you want to br- bring up on that? Yeah, I just think it'll be so as we as we go forward in the campaign, the X factor so far is that now we have three candidates in the race. We have two from roughly the St. Louis region, and then we have Taylor Burks from mid-Missouri. The question is, will we get another mid-Missouri candidate in this race? If not, and if Taylor locks up that mid-Missouri region, you know, conventional wisdom is that he would have an advantage in that area. But Mary Elizabeth Coleman has already opened her campaign office in mid-Missouri. You know Bob Onder's going to spend a lot of time there. And uh, yeah, so it, the X factor is, if is anybody else, will anybody else file? It's a good time to mention too, Brad, that filing for all these offices opens tomorrow morning in Jefferson City. Yeah, and now we're going to have, and tomorrow morning we'll have Bob Onder on with us to give everybody yep. equal time. Now, if you had to handicap this at, point, at this point, what would you say? Who do you say has the best shot at this point before everybody gets into the campaign? Unpopular answer. Um, unpopular answer is that it's a toss-up. I think that, and and here's why I think it's here's why I think it's 33-33-33. Bob Onder has a access to a ton of money, and he's got a good conservative record. Mary Elizabeth Coleman will have enough money and a strong conservative record. Taylor Burks, you know what his best advantage is, Brad? Where he's at. His, well, okay, okay. You know, his second best, his, his best advantage is where he's at. Secondly, he has no voting record, Brad. So you can't accuse him of taking a bad vote. At some point, Bob Onder is going to point to a vote Mary Elizabeth took on a on a House roll call vote in, you know, 2019 and say that she was out of line. And Mary Elizabeth will do the same to Bob Onder. Taylor Burks has no voting record. So he can say, look, I, I opposed everything I should have opposed. <laughs> I have supported everything I should have supported. It, this, is, this is a long-winded way, Brad, of saying it's completely a toss-up. 
Now, th- as far as population is concerned, even though this third congressional district has this weird kind of fork where it comes into the St. Louis metro area and it goes along the northern part of St. Charles County and then uh, and then it sort of bypasses uh, part of of of. Uh, uh, I guess you could call it the. Um, uh, then it forks back around into Jefferson County. Um, where's the bulk of the population? Is it more to the west, out in it, mid Missouri? Yeah, it, it is to mid Missouri. It is toward the uh, toward the mid Missouri area. And if you go back to Scott Fawn mentioned this on his midweek update with Taylor Brooks. Folks can find that on my website. Scott did a breakdown via a guy named Missouri Mapper of exactly the percentage of Republican primary votes, Brad, of where that comes from. And and let's go back real quick to handicapping this. You and I are both – you used to be a baseball umpire, Brad. I did. So let's do a baseball rule called tie goes to the runner. Right. right? <laughs> and the runner in this case, if there's a tie among, among top competitors – Mary Elizabeth Coleman is, shop, is shepherding the initiative petition legislation through the Missouri Senate. She has an opportunity every week to, to highlight the fact that she's the one pushing a workable initiative petition solution into the hands of the voters. So she's going to be – I mean she has a news element of why she needs to be front and center in front of conservative and Republican voters. So that's also an advantage for Mary Elizabeth. So in other words, what you're saying is she's going to be in the news for the state Senate uh, position she's holding right now, which is going exactly, to give her Brad. a tremendous amount of, of, of time on TV, radio, in the Internet, where look at what Mary Elizabeth Coleman's doing. Yeah, and, and you know what? And, and to that point, too, the flip side of that, in, in a positive way for Mary Elizabeth Coleman, is that the media will be covered. This is the number one issue between now and and the end of legislative session because there will be filibusters, there will be fights, there will be Republican on Republican verbal violence. And in every story, it will mention the fact that Mary Elizabeth Coleman is the one that's pushing this legislation. Interesting. Okay, moving along to other things. It was it's one of the top stories of the national news as far as politics is concerned. Rona McDaniel is going to step down. How do you feel about that? I don't have strong feelings on her. I mean, I, I've, I've, associated her with being a Romney and a Romneyite for a long period of time. And this goes back to what we've talked about. When we talked about her before, Brad, I pointed out the fact that this is Donald Trump's party, period. And this isn't the Republican Party of 10 years ago. This isn't a Romney party. This isn't a play it safe and do, you know, do uh, small steps and small conservative victories things like this is a Donald Trump party and you got to have somebody in there who is an ardent Trump supporter. And by the way, I think the things that she said in the last few months, which which can be viewed as being pro Trump are a little too late. Well, and isn't she like isn't she like uh, um, what's her face is uh, um, my mind's gone blank this morning. I'm Mitt Romney. Help. Mitt Romney. Isn't she like Mitt Romney's uncle or she's like she is. She, yeah. Isn't yeah. that her uncle? Well, she's not the uncle unless she's had some yeah, sort I mean, of operation. I mean, but, her, but, that's but her. she's some sort of niece or uh, right. I, I don't know what the what the family connection is there. But yeah, she's a relative of Mitt Romney. They're they're related. OK, now yeah. <laughs> now the crazy thing on this is the polls keep coming out that and I don't know who keeps running these polls, but I keep hearing them that like 76% of the American population saying, we don't want either Trump or Biden, you know, which I think is right, sort of sure. interesting because of the fact that I can see some people are just tired of Donald Trump. I get that. He can wear on you. Uh, a lot of people, I think, are looking at it from the aspect that they're not exactly wild about Joe Biden. The fact that obviously, um, you know, I think, what was it? Some poll I recently read 82% of the people think that he's no longer able to do the job or some yeah. crazy story yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, and to the point where 
How did we get ourselves in this situation? How do we get to the point where there's nobody from the Republicans and there's nobody from the Democrats? Now, with the Democrats, it's, it's a it's a conscious decision. They don't they don't want to have anybody by Biden. That's why they they jiggered the the situation with the uh, the first primary being South Carolina because they knew he was going to you know beat you know hands down on that. They didn't want to do the they didn't participate in the Iowa caucus. They didn't do was it the New Hampshire primary? But then at the last minute they jumped in and said right in Joe Biden because they. Right. Want to look right. at, make it look bad that like Dean Phillips was going to win in New Hampshire, stuff like that. How do we get to this situation where we have two people that nobody likes? Well, I think we got. I think one of the things that, and this is, I, I, this might be a little too obvious, but Republicans stuck by Trump, and also if the economy was humming along, Brad, I don't think we'd even be having this discussion. You I know, think that. I think that more people would be pleased with Joe Biden and no matter how Biden shrinks these, uh, you know, spins these economic numbers. And let's face it, there's an op, there's there's a chance that GDP and some of these other some of these other metrics, objective metrics will get better between now and November. But if the economy was in better shape and to be blunt, if, if Joe Biden was doing a better job, people wouldn't be sitting around complaining about both choices. They would just say, hey, Donald Trump sucks. Well, it's going to be an interesting election campaign. I mean, there's no doubt about that. It's going to be on many different levels with not only we have with CD3. I mean, I don't think anybody saw Blaine dropping out. I think that's what sort of... Right, I certainly didn't. Yeah, the bombshell that a lot of people were surprised at. Um, and once again, they're crazy where they, where they reconfigured the uh, the congressional districts in the 2020 census. Uh, you know, I looked at that again over the weekend. I actually pulled the map up. I thought to myself, man, that's just bizarre how they just yeah, slice... Yeah, and let's face it, too, and, and sorry to interrupt, but we, but we mentioned that I think off the air when you and I were talking on Friday, the interesting thing is that the folks that drew those maps screwed Taylor Burks. Like they wanted to get Taylor Burks and the they there are folks who supported a different candidate. They wanted to get Taylor Burks and Sarah Walsh out of the congressional district that has Northwest Missouri. Right, right. And, 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 I think, as you always point out, which is sort of interesting, is you look at the population density of the state of Missouri, the entire northern section of Missouri is one was one district. I mean, essentially, yeah, that's right. if you draw a line roughly 40, 50 miles north of, of Interstate 70, I know that's not exact, but for the most part, if you draw that line across northern Missouri, that's one district, whereas you have in our St. Louis area, we have essentially three. We have one, which is the North County and North City. We have two, which is Ann Wagner, which essentially is uh, South City and uh, she's got, what, West County, and she's got, I believe she's got all of Franklin County. County, doesn't she? That's the, right. On the current County, thing, yep. and then and then you've got the third district, which is this crazy weird district, which on the northern part of St. Charles County, and then uh, and then it curves around and it picks up. It at one point in time doesn't it go all the way to the Mississippi River? It on does. The, it on picks the, up you know that that old Hoods area, Brad. Remember up there in North County, it picks up Hoods. Right, right, right. That the West Alton <laughs> area Alton. up there. Yeah, yeah. So crazy. And kind. we should call that. Can we? Can we? steal that line from Mary Elizabeth and I, I've heard Bert, Bob Onder say it before too can we just call it the Pac-Man district the Pac-Man district I mean it looks like it's just it looks like Pac-Man eating Franklin County <laughs> Mary Elizabeth was right <laughs> it's the Pac-Man district the people in Franklin County and if, if Mary Elizabeth wins then maybe she could put a bow on and she could be Miss Pac-Man oh my god listen to John he's he's on okay let's talk about um, uh, and I have a self-serving reason for bringing this up I am smitten with a public official. I know. I bet I knew. I know who it is. Her, her initials TG. 
Yes. <laughs> is it T.G. Shepard, the former country crew? No. It, okay. It's Tulsi Gabbard. Now, let me tell you, this is a bizarre story. And by the way, it's funny you sent me stuff, stuff for the weekend that you talked to um, you talked to uh, my old employee, Justin Alferman, and uh, he said he listened to the show where we talked about him the whole bit. Um, he says he's not mad at me. He will not talk to me. I've, I've well, been... well, you know what? This is... Brad, you know what the BJShow.co is? You know what our show is? It is where your old beefs go to die. <laughs> because Bill Igel beef, squash. What a, Justin hold on a minute now. beef, squash. I, Remember I, when Mark Reardon couldn't take a compliment? Now Mark Reardon can take a compliment. This is where beefs go to die, Brad. Well, I, let me put it to you this way. Uh, to, to give you an idea, I will, I will prove you wrong on that because, and I'm not trying to betray uh, public, uh, publicly private situations. I was supposed to have lunch with Mark Reardon, not this past Friday, but the week before, and he canceled on me at the last minute. So Well, he probably had a fish fry. <laughs> no, he didn't. This was before he was doing the fish fries. This was the Friday before the first fish fry, which they canceled because the, the first fish fry was supposed to be not this past Friday, but a week ago. But that was the one that was, that was the one that originally supposed to be in Cottleville, but it, it we had the snow on that Friday, if you remember that. Maybe he said, I'm going to interrupt you again, though, Brad. Maybe he heard you say that radio is not dead, and as someone who believes that radio is completely dead, maybe maybe he just thinks you guys have no future as friends, Brad. I don't know, but let me bring up the Justin Alferman thing. Okay. okay, when I was doing the talk show with him, I said to Justin, I said, the person that should be the vice presidential candidate with... Uh, at the time, John McCain should be. Guess who? Did you did you know of Tulsi Gabbard back then? No, 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 no. Oh, Sarah Tulsi. Palin. Sarah Palin. Yeah. Be, and, well, number one, she was hot. She was like a just like a you know a fun size right wing commentator at the time. Well, she was the governor of Alaska. Yeah. Right. Right. And I said I said Sarah Palin. Everybody went who. And I went. And you called it, yeah. I, and I, I said that for weeks. And even Justin Alvarez go, oh, Sarah, Sarah Palin. He was like, you know, there's no way, Sarah Palin. Blah 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 blah. And you know what? An interesting thing was, Tulsi Gabbard is this incredibly talented woman. First off, she checks so many boxes. First off, she's a BIPOC. Because she's a POC, yeah. She's, that's right, she's a BIPOC. Right, because she's a, a Pacific Islander, okay? That's right. She's well-educated. She's uh, a, I think, I don't have to look this up again. I know she's at least a major in the Army. She might be a lieutenant colonel by now. Uh, she keeps rising up. And she's actually been in, in, like, in combat, like in 2003, 2004. She was in, I believe, Kuwait City or something like that. I mean, and once again, if you've heard her speak, she's very, very, very eloquent. And to the point where she could, as, as a vice presidential candidate, the debate between her and Kamala Harris would be like watching uh, Willie Mays at the plate with who was the the name of the midget that that the uh, oh Eddie, Eddie Goodell Eddie Goodell in a home run hitting contest you know what I mean yeah, it would be like that's a great point that's that's a great analogy <laughs> Willie Mays would just hit the balls out of the out of the park and and the midget would be lucky if he could hit it out of out of uh, out of uh, you know the 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 infield. I'm having a tough time this morning, John. I think I'm just going to say to hell with it and just stop the show. <laughs> oh, no. We, we still got another minute left. No, we and, don't. I mean, here's the thing. We need to send this to Tulsi because, 
I mean, she needs to know that you have at least one VP supporter right here in the I, St. Louis I'm area. telling you, I think, and I think she would be ideal with Trump because of the fact that she's so different from him. And I think that she's to the point where a lot of women look at her as a very accomplished woman. Yeah, know? and the fact that she was a Democrat. Now, I just looked it up, Brad. Her birthday is coming up. So maybe maybe we put this in, in some kind of a message to her, maybe some kind of a I'm not a I'm not like a simp guy that's like, oh, here's some flowers. But maybe we could like send her like a nice little package with a suggestion that that she that she promote herself as being the VP pick. John, we got to get out of here. We're over time. See you guys on Tuesday. Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest, and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it?